Standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. This is now part five. Episode 555 coming to you on the 22nd, 22nd of December, the year of our Lord, 2023. What does that mean to you? Well, I am reviewing this week the five Tea Party principles. Back in the day, there was an ongoing concern and it was a big deal. What does that mean to you? Well, I had a listener ask, can you talk about personal responsibility? And I said, well, you know what? I'm inspired. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about all the Tea Party principles since immediately that's what I thought about. Well, personal responsibility was a Tea Party principle. That's, that's something that we felt made this country what it was. I talked about fiscal responsibility on Tuesday and how they're interrelated. Then on Wednesday, I talked about the idea of limited government. Now, unfortunately, we have failed there. And we're, it's really hard to get limited government when you cannot personally govern yourself and you cannot be personally fiscally responsible to then cause for a government to do that and be limited. That being said, we then transitioned on Thursday to talk about the rule of law. And why the rule of law is important, but largely ignored. And what can you do about it? Well, coincidentally, the fifth principle was sovereignty or national sovereignty. Now, I want to be clear with you. Initially, as envisioned back in 2008 or 2009, it was national sovereignty because globalism was really just firing up and it was the boogeyman. It, and to be honest, it is still a huge problem. It's not going away. If anything, it's gained steam. But better than that, better than national sovereignty, we have the concept of state sovereignty. How does an individual state take control of its own affairs and maintain balance with the national government? See, in the United States, we had a federal system. Right. So now I've laid that all out. Now I told you exactly what we're going to be covering in the program. Let's get into the meat of the show. However, before we do that, let me remind you one last time this week. Like, share and subscribe to the program. Every little bit helps. That's the one thing I ask for. Follow me or subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. You know what? You can join me on the social media. I have a page and I have a group. Come and join me there. Like it, follow it, whatever suits your purposes. Come say hi. I'm over at me, we and Gab. I interact over there as well. If you have a suggestion for a program, send it to me there. You can text me. The phone number is easily found as is an email address. You can email me. I would love to get some feedback. I've had two weeks with multiple days that I've had over a thousand downloads. We're on a uphill swing, if you will, at the end of the year. The goal was to try and hit 250,000. That was a stretch goal, admittedly, but we're working on it. And everybody that joins me helps. This makes a difference. I've joked many, many times how I have four listeners and they're exhausted. If we make this goal or we come very close to this goal, hey, I'm going to be able to say I have five listeners now, Okay. Again, we're having fun. It's a game. The algorithms aligned against us. Saying certain words or putting certain things in your episode title does hurt. I had two episodes in the last three weeks that were, well, low double digits because something hit on the algorithm. And particularly, this started back on the November 22nd episode. 
I would encourage you to go back and see if you can find that and give it a listen. Tell me what you think. And with that, let's hit the meat of the program. Here we go. All right. So dealing with sovereignty, right? This is this is the fifth principle. Now, I've got them out of order, but I felt it flowed better for the purposes of my show. And once again, let me remind you, probably the only time I've done it this week, this show is based upon the idea that these are my opinions and my understanding of facts. Occasionally, I'm going to get something wrong. Occasionally, I might misspeak, but it's all my opinion and my thoughts on the matter. If I have an actual truthful accusation or a statement of fact that I want to put upon this audience, I will be sure to make that clear and I will cite the reference, but I don't generally do that. I encourage you to do your own research. I encourage you to be involved and understand these things on your own. And I have quoted this gentleman more than once. Just because I say it, don't believe it. Always do your own research. Don't ever trust anybody for anything they say, particularly now where everything you see and hear is manufactured or modified. You can't even trust your own eyes and your own ears anymore. How sad is that? That's a paraphrase of what the Neil Bortz used to say on his show. And he did a great show back in the day. All right. <laughs> Let's try this one more time. National sovereignty. We started out saying national sovereignty. As time went on and as I was more involved, I started saying national and state sovereignty. Probably around 2018, 2019. And I, I made it known to the members of our Tea Party group, right? This is important. We have to maintain our state sovereignty because national sovereignty will become nothing, worthless, pointless, if we don't have your state sovereignty. This is where the battle is fought. This is what matters. Now, if you listen to earlier episodes, you know exactly where I left off on episode 554 on Thursday, the 21st of December, when I said... If you want to fix this, if you want to maintain rule of law, the way to do that is to exercise your sovereignty at the state level. Excuse me. Multiple times I have said not only that, but I've used the idea that we go full on sovereign. We have an independent Republic of Texas again. Now, we're we're a ways off from that. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. I'd like to see it in my lifetime, just like Daniel Miller would. To that end, he's working on it full-time, and I chime in when I can. This is one of the first weeks in some time that I haven't done a Texas or a Texas Tuesday. And why that matters is because if you don't have your state sovereignty, you have nothing. Now, you might have a national sovereignty, but then everything goes to the center. Everything goes to D.C., and they dictate the terms for everybody about everything. And that's not how our country was set up. That's not how the Union of States was supposed to function. That's certainly not a federalist system. In the federalist system, the states are the primary movers. We've talked about this many, many times. The state calls the shots. The states together created the federal government. They mandated the federal government, or if you will, granted authority to the federal government to do a certain number of things. When the federal government can't do those things, but then ceases the opportunity, or ceases, seizes the opportunity to do everything but the things they were actually charged to do, 
That's a problem. That's a crisis. That's a federal government that not only ignores the federal constitution, that doesn't <laughs> doesn't follow its own rules. It stomps on it. It disobeys it. It violates the very rule of law, which we're supposed to function under. Now, at what point do we do something about it? I don't want to take up arms. I don't think the civil war is the right way to handle this. I want to do everything I can to prevent that from happening. But I got to tell you, each day that goes by, each month that passes, I become less sure that it's avoidable. Now, I can assure you of two things. One, I'm not going to start it. And two, I'm not going to sit at the sidelines. Once it kicks off, we're all going to be involved, whether we want to be or not. So that's not a threat. That's just a statement of fact. The fact is, is you don't avoid that. When war starts, it's terrible, nasty. You don't want to do that. And the fact is, if you look at any historical reference of war, civil war or uncivil war, in the past, there are very few people that ever escape unscathed. I have zero expectation. Now, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I've put a target on my back, but I'm not an unknown figure, either in my town or my county or my state. And if I continue to do what I'm doing, there's a distinct possibility if they kick something off that I could have a consequence. I don't tell tell you that to pat myself on the back. I don't tell you that to scare you. I'm just telling you that's a consequence. That's that's a possible consequence. There are people that want to do stupid things. I am not one of them. I want a peaceful solution. I want to solve this. And I believe the best and easiest way to solve that is the state of Texas needs to put on its big boy pants and tell the feds, go pound sand. This is our border of our state. You stay out. We will call you if you ne- we need you. Don't call us. And oh, by the way, we're going to deal with Mexico the best way we know how, which is we're going to shut the border down. Oh, and then army that's sitting there in their giant base known as Fort Hood to the rest of us. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and utilize those guys since you're not. Since you're so interested in a border in uh, Ukraine, you're so interested in a border in Israel. How about we focus on our own darn border here? We're going to put those guys to work. That's what I'd like to see. Now, unfortunately, those guys are not in the chain of command of the governor. But you know what? We do have a Texas State Guard. We have a Texas National Guard. We have a Texas Air National Guard. The governor has every right and every authority to put them to work doing this. And we don't need the Fed's permission. Because we're a sovereign, independent state that has joined a union. We have to protect our own first. This is part of the whole concept of having Texas first. Texas first is a thing and Texas first needs to be an even bigger thing. If you can't be concerned about what's going on in Texas, if you can't be concerned about the Texans or Texians here and now, then what good are you? If you're not going to protect our state and the sovereignty that it holds, then go home. That's as simple as that. Now, I know we've brought in a lot of people. I'm a reformed Yankee myself. I see myself more of a Davy Davy Crockett than one of those locusts out of California. I came here to join Texas, and I told everybody else where they could go, metaphorically speaking, not literally. I have lots of family and friends back in my former home state, and even in Virginia where I spent a few years in the military. I respect those people. I, I love those people back in Wisconsin, 
but I'm in the promised land now and I aim to defend it and I aim to do what I can to protect it. So that means I'm not going to start nothing, right? That means I'm not going to do anything crazy. That means I'm not going to do anything stupid, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to take action to protect the state of Texas. And just because our governor or our lieutenant governor or our speaker of house are more content to play games than do actual things, then we need to remind them and encourage them. This is the sovereign state of Texas, and we need to act like it. Even the Supreme Court of these United States, which is not exactly the paragon of following the rule of law, has acknowledged that we are an independent sovereign state and we need to act like it. It's in their own opinion when they found a way to justify Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, if you prefer, written by Chief Roberts. Now, let's move on to the next part of this scenario. The state created the counties and the cities within it. They serve a purpose for smaller local government on behalf of the state. Now, those counties and those cities do have some authority and they do have an ability to push back. If the states had crossed the line or abuse its power, those cities, especially if you're dealing with a city the size of Houston or Dallas, can push back and they say, you know what, that's fine, Mr. Governor, that's fine, Lieutenant Governor, that's fine, Mr. Speaker, but our people here, we really don't want that. This is a really huge problem and we're going to need some concessions or we're going to need to work something out here in order to find a way to implement that. That's part of the negotiation. You know, I criticize them for giving far too much power than the opposition party, but when you think about it, the opposition party, by and large, does represent those large cities. So, It would be foolish to trample all over them or create a hostile situation with people that are already at least nominally on our team, meaning they're Texans, they're Texians. And yes, some of them are Tejanos. And I don't think that's a pejorative. And the guy that said it was, sorry, I don't think so. And I'm certainly not using it that way. We're supposed to be on the same team. Yes, we're going to differ on different political things. Yes, we're going to have different ideologies, but I think we all agree on one thing. We don't want any damn Yankees here. And you all know what a damn Yankee is. And to a lesser extent, the Karens that have been relabeled Yankees, again, courtesy of Brian McClanahan. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I've been using that now for two years. Why besmirch a lady's name when you could just call him a Yankee? Seems to me if you've been paying any attention, the same Yankees are content do away with the reconciliation that we had done over the last hundred years. Well, I guess it's not a hundred years. It's only 65 years. I don't know who 1865 to 1960 is a hundred. Another 60. So it was 164 years or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're just undoing the reconciliation. They they just don't even care anymore. They're, they're not even going to pretend anymore to get along. And yet, we in the state of Texas, we're doing nothing. In fact, we have our own, quote-unquote, Republican elected officials that are supposed to be protecting and respecting the monuments that we put up to revere the people that made the ultimate sacrifice. Oh, they say it's okay. You can take that stuff down. They were just Democrats. Or, oh, that's embarrassing. We don't want to show that. Or, oh, I don't, I don't agree with that stuff, and I don't want to have to see it. It upsets me. It triggered me. Get over yourselves. Again, I got off tack. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Cities, counties, 
They form or they are formed to provide a function for the state government. Likewise, when the states created the federal government, they put certain responsibilities on the federal government. You need to do those things. And if you're not going to do those things, then we, the states, we reserve a whole bunch of other powers and rights to us and the people respectively. And we'll step in and we're going to take that back if necessary. The problem is they're not doing it. Now, this is where it gets a little dicey. I had a conversation with a guy that I very much respect and I think is an excellent legal mind. And we had a good discussion and he had said, well, Stephen, part of the reason or really the majority reason, the underlying reason was the states were trying to exercise their sovereignty and they went up against the federal government. That was the underlying problem that led into the war between the states. That was what caused the rift as those states were trying to exert their sovereignty. Now, the reason why they were exerting their sovereignty was for something that we in the general world would all agree was a terrible thing, but they still had that state sovereignty and they wanted to exercise it and what they wanted to do with it. Okay, fine. I'll tell you right now, here and now. Yeah, it's terrible. In 1865 or 1863 or 1862 or 1860, I might have maybe thought it was terrible, but I certainly would have been not running my mouth about it on a podcast because one podcast didn't exist and two, I would have probably gotten beat up walking home from school, right? There were much severe consequences because people actually cared about their state sovereignty. Never mind what they were doing with the state sovereignty, just the fact that they knew they had it and it was important. They were protecting their homes. And another group of people said, yes, but you're not letting you go. You don't get to go anywhere. So in that time, they won. The abusive husband was able to beat up his wife and drag her back home. They didn't get their divorce then. And since then, uh, that same abusive husband, um, let's put it politely, imprisoned his wife for four months, uh, coercing her to do things that she wouldn't otherwise do, making her sign and agree to various other items that she would have never agreed with, and now is trying to forcibly hold that over her head just a few years later. And yes, I am being making an analogy here on the fly, so bear with me. The question is, are the independent people are the sovereign people ready to stand up and make a stand again. I don't think the feds have the stomach to do that nonsense again. I don't think the general public would tolerate it again. I don't think even the Yankees, much less the damn Yankees would be okay with it. We're already losing our minds getting involved and rightfully so in a war in Ukraine, in a war in Israel, probably going to be a war in, you know, Africa at this point. I don't remember what the country is. We're sticking our nose in everybody else's business. And it's only a short matter of time before Korea and Taiwan pay the consequences for our own bad choices. Now, I'm not suggesting that we, the people in the state of Texas, can do anything to prevent those outcomes. But we can prevent getting involved in that because we can just tell the feds, no, we're not going to do that. That's a bad idea. No, we're not going to participate in that. Or we're going to withhold our tax money. Or you know what? We're going to just shut down the border. We're not going to allow for transportation. I mean, there's so many things we could do if only we had 
the spine. If only we had the will. So again, the way this works, the state's supposed to be in a superior position to the federal government. They're they functionally they're on par when it's the things that were delegated, but that's been inverted in its entirety. And in weak sister states, like unfortunately the state government of Texas, many of the cities tell the state what to do. Honestly, that happens in states all the time. You get a giant city and the the giant city dictates the terms of the rest of the state. It's not supposed to be that way. The state government's supposed to make those determinations. The state government's supposed to partner with those cities and come out to an amicable agreement or solution, but they don't even do that half of the time. So now let's consider, this is the situation we live in. We have a handful of states that are disproportionately affected by the fact that we don't protect our border. They have an opportunity to step up to the plate and do something about it. The question is, can they or will they? And I don't feel confident about either of those outcomes. Now you got to be asking yourself, Callus, I I know you're going to get there eventually. Yes, this is exactly how Texit fits in, by the way. And no, the Tea Party, they were very uncomfortable with this. Many of the people I knew in the Tea Party thought maybe it was a bridge too far or were concerned that it might stir up some stuff. I get it. Respectfully, I get it. But it's not 1965 anymore. And it's certainly not 1865 anymore. Nobody, nobody wants to justify the things that those guys back then used their state sovereignty to try and protect or justify. No, we just want to be left alone. No, we just want to protect our own state. No, we want to prevent people from abusing us either from the feds or from foreign countries since the feds don't want to do their job. And we want to allow for better representation. We want to allow for a more streamlined form of government. We want to allow for people to be heard and treated like citizens. Now, this is where the real challenge comes. Because as much as I would like it, as much as I'm confident that we're going to get our vote in March, and as much as I'm confident we're going to have a very strong showing in March, I'm also concerned that we're not ready. Remember I talked about on Monday, Tuesday, when we, about the personal responsibility and the fiscal responsibility. And then when I talked about the idea of limited government, you had to earn it. You had to be able to govern yourself in order to get it. I'm concerned. Not enough to vote against it, but I'm concerned we don't have enough people that are up to that. The solution is we have to work with people. I've talked about that in the previous four days here, right? The solution is we have to build up our people. We have to we have to get together a team. We have to educate a generation of people. We have to undo <coughs> excuse me, several decades of programming of subservience. We have to undo the damage that the public education system has done. We have to undo the weakness that our churches have instilled in people. The unquestioning nature that has been brought upon us by the abuse of Romans 13. Now, you may not see that this is all linked. And you may think that I'm taking a step too far. Okay, that's fine. And maybe maybe you can track me down and find me in real life. And we can have that discussion. But for right now, this is my show. And this is what I think. I think that if you want to fix this stuff, you got to gear up the people. You got to train them up. 
You got you to gotta get them up to speed so they can take care of themselves, take care of their communities, take care of their families, and make a difference. And then when they're able to do that, they can function as an independent sovereign state, state or nation, if you will. Remember, I have spoke on this many, many times, and I stand by it. We're going to have to achieve de facto independence before we ever get de jure independence. And that's part of being a sovereign state. Recognize what you are, act on it, and hold the line. And if you're not willing to do that now, we're never going to be independent. If you're not willing to look at things and say, well, I'm not ready to vacate the union just yet, but these are some things that we really need to take care of because the feds aren't interested because the Yankees are making our lives difficult because we need to do what's best. We need to put Texas first. Now you'll note, I didn't really bring up Texas first at all in the first four episodes of this, right? They all went together. They're all interconnected. They're the five Tea Party principles, and honestly, the reason they were created is because they were something that anybody right of center ought to be able to agree on. Yeah, there's some finer details that maybe we want to argue about later. There's maybe some uh, slight slivers of difference in there, but by and large, these are all very simple things that we all should be able to agree on in order to get stuff done, and we were successful. We did not successfully hold the feet to the fire to the people we got elected. We did not get the long-lasting change we were looking for. That is possible if we'll stick to our guns, metaphorically speaking, if we'll continue to work with young people, if we'll continue to put in the effort, if we continue to stay very active in our local politics and start driving the initiatives of getting things done right here in our state of Texas. When we talk about sovereignty, Texas has got to lead the way. Texas has a strong independent streak. Texas has a very strong pro-Texas mindset, and we need to act on that. We need to be willing to set aside a whole lot of other things that we want to argue about later just to get this done. Again, if we can get de facto independence, that might be good enough for me. It might be. I don't know. It depends on what the reaction is from the feds. But if you ever want to achieve de jure independence, If you ever want to achieve true sovereignty, you have to first have your independent sovereignty of yourself, your individual sovereignty. Yeah, not a sovereign citizen thing. I I know that's a thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. You have to know who you are. You have to know what your rights are. You have to know what your responsibilities are, and you have to transmit that to the next generation and the next generation. And we can and we will win if we'll just do what needs to be done. Do not be afraid. Do not back down. It is all within our reach. And with that, this has been According to Callus. I thank you for following along on these five episodes. And if you, if you missed one of the other ones, please feel free to jump back and catch them. We're going to have some downtime over the Christmas holiday. I appreciate it. And until then, I will see you on the other side.